God of Scripture. Please turn with me to Daniel chapter 12 again, please. Daniel chapter 12. There's no crash on him with the with people away and uh, just as Paul is away there, if you feel you need to take the child out, this, the service will be streamed live through the other room there at the front or if you'd like to take the child or if you need to, I mean. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the end of the time. Time of the end, pardon me. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Will you also flick over with me now, please, to Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ chapter 1, please. Beginning to read it in verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written therein. Notice for the time is at hand. The time is at hand. Go to the end of Revelation. Revelation chapter 22, please. Revelation 22. Let your eye run down again. Verse 10. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. There's it again. The time is at hand. Let us pray. Father, take your own word and scribe it in our hearts, we ask it tonight. Thank you for the sense of your presence, for your faithfulness to us. Thank you for the great salvation you've given to us. And I ask you now, Lord, to speak into our hearts and encourage us in our faith and build us up. And I ask you, Lord, to deal with our hearts as you deem fit, Lord, that we would be yielded to your will and to your word. Glorify your Son, the Lord Jesus, for he alone is worthy. For Jesus' name's sake we pray. Amen. In Daniel 12, in verses 1 to 4, in verse 4, Michael the angel says to Daniel, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Notice the book is sealed to the time of the end. 
Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. When we look at the book of Daniel, as we said last week, Daniel seals the book. And the other end, if you want, of the book end is the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, where it is revealed, it's opened. Notice what he says here uh, in Revelation 1 and verse 1, that things must shortly come to pass. That is writing to John. That is the first century. must shortly come to pass. Then he writes... Also in chapter 1 of Revelation and verse 3, the time is at hand. Then in Revelation 22 and verse 10, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this, of this book, for the time is at hand. So where Daniel seals, Revelation reveals, and it opens. So we want to look this evening at what happened. Remember, this is the first century now where John is in Patmos and he's writing being given the revelation of Jesus Christ. Don't see this, John. Time is at hand, and things must shortly come to pass. And so what happens in between there is that we must look at where we are, where he was in history, and where we are today. Obviously, almost 2,000 years further in years down the road. In Daniel chapter 2, if you'll flick over with me, please. Daniel chapter 2, verse 31 When you go home, please read the whole chapter. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has Judah in captivity. The southern kingdom, Judah, went into Babylon. Northern kingdom of Israel are away into Assyrian captivity around 120, 130 years previous. And now the southern kingdom of Judah are in Babylon, captive. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king in Babylon, he has a dream. He calls his soothsayers in calls all his magicians around him and says, tell me my dream first of all and then tell me the interpretation of that dream. And so they can't, and Daniel sent for, please read it when you go home, the fullness of the chapter. Verse 31 of Daniel 2. Daniel says, Thou, O king, sawest. He starts to tell him what he saw now in his dream. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image's head was of fine gold, his breast and arms of silver, his belly and thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Till the, thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay, and brake them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together. Notice together. And became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them, and the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Notice what he says to Nebuchadnezzar. Thou art this head of gold. 
After thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, subdue all things. And as iron breaketh all these, shall it break in pieces and bruise. Whereas thou sawest the feet and toes part of potter's clay, part of iron, and the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of this, there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as I sawest the iron mixed with Mary clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron, part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with Mary clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms that shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation is sure. Daniel is saying the head of gold that Nebuchadnezzar saw represented his kingdom. After that was the silver, the arms and the breast or the chest of silver. And that was the Medo-Persian kingdom that came after the Babylonian kingdom. And then he says there's another kingdom of brass, which would be the midriff of brass, if you want, the belly of brass. And in time, after the Medo-Persian kingdom came, Then came Alexander the Greek and the Grecian kingdom. We touched briefly on it last week. Remember uh, the ram with the lopsided horns? And you remember the ram with the one big horn and one came from the east, which was the Medo-Persian kingdom. Remember the two horns? And the one with the the notable horn, the big horn, was the ram, remember? And it came from the west or the east and they clashed. Well, that was the kingdom of the Medo-Persians clashing with the Grecian kingdom, Alexander the Great and his Grecian kingdom. Then after that, we look at the legs. The legs were made of iron. And the iron speaks of the Roman kingdom. We read of the Caesars of Rome. And when Christ was crucified, when he was tried, he was tried and he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, who was there from the, uh, as the, the governor of Judea over under the Caesar in Rome. So this was the Roman Empire of the Caesars. And then as it goes down through time, we see the feet comes with iron mixed with miry clay. It starts to change. Now from the head of gold, silver, brass, iron to the feet of iron and clay, we find there's a mixture comes. There's a trait comes, if you want. The trait of the gold is in the silver, the silver in the brass, because all of these kingdoms are smashed at once when smashed at the feet. We're told that the thing that smashes this is a stone cut out without hands. In other words, this stone that's cut out without hands, it's not like a brick which has been made, constructed by man. It's been cut out without hands. In other words, it's created by God. And it comes and smashes the image on the feet and all of these other kingdoms fall. In verse 44, if you look at it, it says, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven, notice, in the days of these kings. 
So the kingdom is there that God is setting up in the day of Nebuchadnezzar. In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Notice, it shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as I saw that the stone was cut out without hands, and it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, and the silver, and the gold, and the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. In other words, as soon as I have told you, now we're in that, he says. We're at the head of gold. Then comes the Medo-Persians. Then comes the Greeks. Then comes the Roman Caesars. And then this goes on into time. Time will not allow me to, t- to say everything that happens, but from the Roman Caesars comes the papal Caesars. And from that comes what is known as the area of where the European Union is today. There's a lot in that, and I know it's hard to take in, but I, I can't really go into it. I'm just really so much that we need to go through tonight. And so we see the light of the European Union and what's behind the European Union. So it says, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. What is that kingdom? Well, that kingdom started calling out Abraham from the Arab Chaldees. And then to Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob, to Jacob, to Israel. And that was God's, if you want, nation or embryonic kingdom on the earth for to fill the whole earth. In the book of Isaiah, if you'd like to turn to it, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, listen to what the prophet said to Israel. Listen to what he says. Isaiah 51, verses 1 and 2. Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock, from whence ye are hewn to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. What does that mean? Verse 2 explains it. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. So the Lord is saying to them, Look back to your rock of the flesh. Here's the rock. And what he's saying to every Israelite, he's saying, you're a chip off the old block, in other words. You know, someone is chiseling away and the little chippings come off. It's still part of that block, as it were. And he's saying, look back, but it's when we go to Romans 4, Paul tells us of the faith of Abraham and his God. So now it's not just look on the Abraham, but look at the faith of Abraham. And then he says at the end of this, not only Abraham, your father to the flesh, He says, for I call him alone and blessed him and increased him. So now it's it's similar to, I lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Well, the the mountains are majestic. They're great. They're wonderful. Sure, that that would give you courage. He says, my help cometh from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. And so he's saying, it's not only of the flesh, but of faith of Abraham. He said, have the faith of Abraham, look to him and to Sarah, who bear you from the womb that you came from. And then whenever we go, for example, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you'll turn with me just for a few verses. I'm going to have you read quite a bit tonight. 
1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 1 says, Paul writes, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you... Pardon me, may I say it? I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. You see, what he's doing here is, Paul is saying that our fathers, he says, we, we went through the Red Sea. Now, there must have been Israelites here or they wouldn't have known what he was talking about to explain this, to understand this. Our fathers went through the Red Sea and were baptized under the cloud to follow them. Now notice what he says. And were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock, capital R, that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. And that rock was Christ. So Isaiah the prophet is saying this. Look on to Abraham. Look on to Sarah. And then look to the God who blessed them. The Lord Jesus Christ. He's our God tonight. Look on to them. So we see that you notice here. It is the stone kingdom in its, if I can call it the embryonic form. Then in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, if you will flick over briefly with me, please. It's important that we read it. It's important that we read it. 1 Peter and chapter 2, please. Let's go to chapter 1, pardon me, and then we'll go to chapter 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. He's speaking to the scattered Israel. Notice this. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to a, a lively hope or a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So now when we go to chapter 2, chapter 2, and just for time's sake, let's run our eye down to verse 3. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming is unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Speaking of Christ here. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, a lack precious, he that believeth in him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which are to be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. 
Peter's borrowing this from Hosea's prophecy to the northern house of Israel. God says, I will have no more mercy on them. They're not my people. And now he's saying, you've obtained mercy. You see, here we see the kingdom and its embryonic form starting to grow. And in the book of Daniel chapter 2, this kingdom which is cut out without hands, or this stone which is cut out without hands, when it smashes, it grows into a mountain. It gets bigger. And then it fills the whole earth. I believe where it grows into a, a great nation, it means, or it fills the whole earth at a later time. When Christ returns, it'll rule over all the earth because the, the very culmination of the kingdom is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's the second coming of Christ where he sets up his kingdom on the earth. And he sets up his millennium reign upon the earth. Here's a wonderful thing for you to think about while we're here. Thou sawest till the stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them in pieces. See, we are at the place of the toes of the iron and clay. That's where we are at time this evening. John, when he wrote the revelation to open it, he was at the legs of iron, the Roman Caesar's kingdom. We're at the feet of iron and clay where Christ's kingdom comes and smashes the image upon the feet. It's a wonderful thing about the feet of Christ. Wonderful thing about his second coming is this. Let me just read it to you. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 4. And his feet, the feet of Christ, the feet of the Lord Jesus, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east, toward the west, and there shall be a great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half toward the south. I know many of you have been over to the land of Israel and you've enjoyed your time there. I've yet to go. I haven't been. I would like to see it, but I haven't managed to get over yet. And I know many of you have been there. Folks, I have something to tell you. According to this, when Christ returns, it may be wrecked because there's going to be a big earthquake there. So you're going to have to get over soon because Christ is returning. If you want to see it, you may see it soon. Christ is returning. And by the way, let me just give you a little sidelight to the to the accuracy of the Word of God. Scientists have found out that at Jerusalem, where the Mount of Olives is, there's actually a fault line that runs right down to the Horn of Africa. One of the biggest fault lines on the globe. And it says when he comes and lands there, his feet touch down for his kingdom, there'd be a great split. That's going to be a terrible day for some. But for those of us who are saved, it's going to be a glorious day. In Daniel chapter 12 and verse 4, it says, at the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now, to and fro, it's a word, to and fro is a Hebrew word, shoot. I thought it was funny, uh, uh, and pardon me, I don't mean to make light of it, but I thought it was a little uh, funny when I read this because 
way we turn around and say, I'm going to shoot here and there. I'm shooting over there to see someone. I'm going to shoot over this direction. You know, and I don't know whether, you know, we, we realize that or not. But the Hebrew word for to and fro is shoot. It means to whip. To lash. It gives the idea of an oar of a ship lashing a wave as they travel. Some say it gives the idea of searching a scripture. Others believe that it means that all sorts of knowledge will be increased. Technology. Look at the technology we have. Some believe it to be the travel that we have, the, the science. Who'd have thought you could look at your phone? Gary was in Canada last week. He only come back on Thursday. And when he was in Canada one day, my phone rings, and there's Gary's face on my phone talking to me. And I never use it, so I'm, whoa. And he's there live speaking to me on a thing held in my hand. And we, we, we look at these things, and whether it be one or the other, or both or all, nevertheless, at the time of the end, knowledge will be increased. And it's only been in the last 100 or so years that even we have moved from horse to all the world travel that we have. Traveling into space. Sending orbs out millions and millions and millions of miles. Millions of miles. Let me give you an, an example of this word, to travel to and fro, or the word shoot. And it's in different English words. For example... Numbers 11 and verse 8, we read that the children of Israel get up in the morning, and lo and behold, there's the manna in the wilderness. And this is what Numbers 11 and 8 says. The people went about and gathered it. Your manna into your basket. There's some there. Oh, there's more there. The people went about and they were gathering it. There's more there and there's more there. It's the idea of it. They're running all over the place gathering the manna. Chronicles chapter 16 and 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Notice if we walk right before God, if, if our nation was to walk right, our nation is in dire need of a Holy Ghost revival. Our nation is dying on its feet. And if we walked and kept ourselves right before God, even as a nation, God's eyes run to and fro. He's looking for those who, who are wanting to do as well. He's looking for the man and woman who want to walk according to his word. He's looking for people who are wanting to, to reach out in faith and touch others. He's, he's looking for it. He wants to show himself strong, but even in the church, well, many become weak. And carnal, and many have become even godless. I just read today, I just read today that in the States, they're going to hold services for the LGBT community to join with them, to welcome them in Presbyterianism. We welcome them in to be saved. Don't get me wrong. To 
changed, to be saved. But this is to live the lifestyle. And then in Job chapter 2, verse 2 says, The Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and walking up and down in it. And while the Lord's looking for the ten righteous of Abraham, going to Sodom, and Abraham says, Lord, and he gets down, If you find ten righteous, if you find ten, Lord, I won't destroy the city if I find ten. The Lord's eyes are going to and fro. He's doing that with the United Kingdom tonight. Is there anybody that wants my word? Is there anybody that will revere my word, that will walk in my ways, that will love my law? Is there anyone that will accept my grace? Is there anyone that will again raise up the standard of the blood of Jesus? Thou not come down upon this nation. And in the meantime, while the Lord's looking to bless, Satan's doing the same to and fro to destroy, to steal, to kill, to destroy. It's the same word. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Listen to what Amos said. Amos was from Judah, the southern kingdom that was carried away captive later that we read off in the book of Daniel in the Babylon. And Amos was told to go north to the house of Israel, to the northern kingdom before they were carried away. God loved them so much he kept sending prophets with the word. He kept sending preachers onto them. And they just wouldn't listen. They didn't want to know. Amos chapter 8, verses 11 and 12. Listen to what it says. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, and They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. I was talking to a young man last, two weeks ago. And he's from here. And I got him to pray here the other morning. He was home. He's in university over in England. And he says, of all the churches around, there's three that he knows would even preach the word of God on the Lord's day. He says, and he thinks he's getting something till he comes home and he hears preachers from Northern Ireland. Then I realize, he says, the famine that's in Britain. The famine of the word. Famine of the gospel. The famine of not hearing about the precious blood of Christ. Brothers and sisters, I'm not... Christ Encounters Tabernacle and all it stands for is not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Not ashamed of the blood. We preach the blood. The blood of the Lord, Jesus Christ. So knowledge has been increased, but the best knowledge is to know the Lord. 
Listen to what the Lord Jesus says in Luke 18 and 8. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Of course he'll find faith on the earth. He's going to find apostate Protestantism faith and Roman Catholicism faith, and he's going to find Islamic faith, and he's going to find Jewish faith, and 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 I could go on all the different faiths, and Hinduism and, and whatever else, and he's going to find all sorts of faith. He's going to find the faith of those who say they don't believe in God, but yet they have faith in evolution. Of course he's going to find faith. But that's not what he means. Well, I find the faith once delivered unto the saints. Well, I find true faith. How will he find you? How will he find you? I have to answer for me. How will he find you? Turn with me to Matthew 24, please. The time of the end, living in it. We want to look at some things briefly. Boy, time flies when you get your teeth into the word of God. Matthew 24, please. Verse 32. I tell you what, let's go to verse 26. We'll have to skip some of this. The Lord Jesus says, in verse 26, Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chamber, believe it not. Now, if you're of reformed faith like I am, you're going to realize that he is in the desert, links with Revelation chapter 9, which we looked at last week the year 622 A.D., when Muhammad would flee and when the Hagira calendar would start. He was in the desert when he received the visions. And then if you think of where the Lord Jesus is speaking, he's at the time of the Roman Caesars. Remember that, those legs of iron? And then those iron carries down into a papal system a papal Caesar. And notice this. Behold, he is in the secret chamber. The secret chamber, when a pope is elected, it goes into a, a secret chamber. And no one knows that he's been elected or who's been elected or when it's finished, the election is done until the smoke ascends from the chamber. And listen, friend, I'm not saying that about Roman Catholics to hurt them. I'm saying that because no matter you're a Protestant, i.e. nominal Protestant, or you're a Roman Catholic, if you're not in Christ, both are lost. Hello? Amen? If you're not saved, you're lost. Just let your eye run down, please, to verse 32 for time's sake. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall 
not pass away. Jesus said there's going to be the fig tree. What does he mean? The fig tree was a symbol of Judah or Jewry, if you want. J-E-W, Jewry, R-Y, J-E-W-R-Y, the Jews, if I can put it like that. And he says, you're going to see a sign of a fig tree again before my coming. We looked at part of it last week when General Allenby liberated Jerusalem from Turkish Ottoman Empire power in 1917. And then in 1948, when the Jewish Zionist state then was set up, there was the fig tree back in or in Palestine, the Canaan land, the Holy Land, the land of Israel. And it starts shooting forth its leaves, becomes a national status, nationhood status. And Jesus says, it's going to be here at the last time, the last days. Jesus says, before my coming, you'll see it. Brothers and sisters, how close are we to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Notice this. Verse 37 says, But as the days of Noah were, he tells us what society will be like. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah, the days that were before the flood, they were, pardon me, were eating and drinking, marrying and giving marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus said that they're going to be carrying on with life, but marrying and giving marriage, is, that's not more that we're just going to go and get married and people are getting married and that's what's happening. It's the Hollywood lifestyle. It's the Hollywood lifestyle that's now invaded, invaded the whole of society. The Hollywood lifestyle that's invaded the minds of your children. The Hollywood lifestyle that's caused your children to have idols in their minds and before their faces to fall away from Christ. The sexual immorality, the debauchery that is held among society today, the depths of depravity and sin. He says it was like that in the days that were before the flood. Read Genesis 6 when you go home. There was violence filled the earth. And the thoughts of man was only evil continually in his heart and his mind. And all we read and all we hear and all we see is violence in every place, in every city, in every town, in every country, around the world. Violence here and violence there. We see the sin. We see it all over the place. I was sent a clip of a video taken from the Gay Pride Parade in London just this weekend. There's a small group of Christians reading the Word of God with a barrier around them. And those from the LGBT community that were around that barrier, the vileness of their language to them, they physically attacked them. 
and they converted one another with one another in their front of them just to annoy them. I couldn't watch anymore. I had to turn it off. Such is the society that we're living in. You and I are living in the time of the end. You and I are living in the time of the end. Will you turn with me to Second Timothy, please? Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Timothy says, This know also that in the last days, notice the last days, time of the end, the last days, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Notice this in society. Notice this among our own families even at times. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent or without self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good. That's what we spoke of just there a moment ago. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Christian, let's not be more lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Is this our society? Is this not what you see? Is this not what you watch, what you hear, what you read, what you listen to on radio maybe or whatever? Is this not what's happening in the year 2017? Is this not your street? Is this not Great Britain? Is this not the United Kingdom and Ireland? Something else is on the horizon I want to read and just I'll do a bigger study on this some night. Ezekiel chapter 38, please. Ezekiel chapter 38. Listen to what happens. Ezekiel 38 and verse 1. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Now, if you were to go online, you see different theories of what this is. I want to stick with the old theory. I always do. Stick to the old path. Gog or Magog. Gog means big, giant, colossal. Gog and Magog is thought to be the, the mass of land of Russia. The chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, again it can be debated, but it is said that Meshach and Tubal are the ancient names for the, the cities of Moscow and Tobolsk. The Lord says, prophesy against them and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. I will turn thee backward and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, and all of them handling swords. Now notice, notice this. Persia, that's Iran. Uh, uh, 
Iran, the name of Iran only came into being about 1937. Persia, Ethiopia. Now, that's not just the, the country known as Ethiopia. That's uh, the, the northern black Africa, Ethiopia. Libya. We've seen this in the news. All of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all his bands. Now, some people say Gomer may be Germany. Oh, look at the European Union. Look why they're the powerhouse of the European Union today. Some say it's further over towards Turkey, but Gomer and all his bands, the house of Tagarma. Tagarma is thought to be Turkey. Look where Turkey is in the news today. Turkey and I is going to become another Islamic republic, although it is an Islamic republic in the sense, but it was a more secular but now it's becoming more religious. Gomer and all his bands, the house of Tagarma of the north quarters, and all his bands, Tagarma's bands, the, 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 the stand countries that go, if you look at Turkey, and go around the border, the steppes of Russia, right out towards Mongolia, and out that direction you have Turkestan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Kyrgyzstan, they're all Turkoloid uh, uh, countries and peoples. They're all Islamic. They're all Islamic. They're all northward of the land of Israel. The north quarters, all the bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared, and prepare thyself, thou and thy company, that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. Notice, after many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years. Time of the end. In the last days, latter years. Is there something forming here? Latter years. I haven't time to read all of this, but if you will just let your eye run down for me. To verse 13. There is a confederacy that comes against them. Sheba and Dedan. Now, it's debated who they are. Some have tried to say it is round by the, the, the borders of Saudi Arabia. Some have said different places. I'll be honest, I'm not sure. Sheba and Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish. This is believed to be a great naval fleet. Rule Britannia. Britannia rules the waves. The, the, the ships of, of, of Britain. And Why? With all the young lands, commonwealth of nations. All the young lands thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? So here's these two confederacies. We have the United States and Great Britain. Russia, with Syria, Turkey, you're going to see uh, Iran, the, the, the countries that are, that are the stand countries, you're going to see all of them, and you're seeing them. They have an alliance at this moment. Do you know just this week that Russia and China's two premiers got together and started talking about more trade with each other? That's going to start a war. That's going to start a war. And then they meet up with the United States. And then we find that President Trump has went into Poland 
And he's promised to keep his troops along the Russian border. For then there was the Ukraine. And the Ukraine war, when it happened and, uh, and Russia came down in, America was backing them. Russia, they were using that as a proxy. There was going to be a war there. Russia brought down into their, they have a big naval, naval base just off the, the western coast on the, the borders of Syria. And they brought down all their fleet, and a great fleet into there, ready to attack, ready to fight. America brought their fleets over into the Mediterranean. Britain sent their destroyers in, the ships of Tarsus, the Ephraim and Manasseh of Bible prophecy were in. And what happened? They were gathering together. It was almost World War III. They always seem to find a way to come out of it. But there's going to come a time when they no longer will find a way. They're going to come down. Listen, about eight years ago, maybe the Arab Spring, as it's known, had just more or less started. And I preached a sermon on is Syria, uh, is Syria a sign of the end times? And oh, I got hammered online. Hammered. Russia will never be in Syria, said all these Christians. You're talking rubbish. Hello? Damascus shall be as a ruinous heap, says the scriptures. They're encroaching down further. Where the Golan Heights is, there's going to be war. And they start coming down. Britain and the United States are going to say, now hold on a minute. They'll send their naval fleets in. There's going to be World War Three. Let's just go somewhere as we close. Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16. Thank you for your attention. And you know, what you've heard tonight, each one of these stations we've stopped at could be a sermon in itself, and I've done them as messages on their own. But this is just to show you where we are, the state of our world. <coughs> Revelation 16, verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. Pardon me, out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the whole earth and the world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Now, these spirits are found in Daniel chapter 2, the head of gold to the feet of iron and clay. The Babylonian mysteries, the religion from the head of gold has traveled right down through. And it's no longer just around the Middle East, but it's a global avenue now. Do you know every one of us in here are still in slavery? You're a slave. Who are you a slave to? The New World Order, the Rothschilds, and the Bilderbergers. You're a slave. We will never, ever, it's reckoned that one trillion of our debt, if I can remember it off my head, I'll get the for it another night. I'll get the, the more details for it another night. It is reckoned if we tried to pay off our debt with all that we had, you know how long it would take Britain? I seen Ned Kelly coming in there. 
32,000 years, was it now? To pay off a trillion. You were sleeping, were you? You're not listening to me. 32,000. Yeah, 46 billion a year to service the debt. And it said it could take 32,000 years to pay it. Now that's how much of a slave you are. That's how much of slavery we're in. And that's global. The Bilderbergers. Jesus spoke of them. The Rothschilds. There are those who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan, he said. What do we do? (laughs) Here's what we do. We lift up our heads and we look up for our redemption draweth nigh. You see, the stone kingdom is coming to its climax. The stone kingdom has been here through Israel. And the church has wound out and people are getting saved and being brought in spiritually to the kingdom. And Christ is returning the great stone cut out without hands and smashes it on the feet. And it all comes tumbling down. And Jesus is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I close with this. Verse 15 of Revelation 16, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keep his garments, lest he walk naked and they see a shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. It's like it is finished. Our sins are paid in full on the cross. Now it is done. This is the finish. This is the climax of it all. Uh, This is like where we're saying, at this point, it's we're living in the time of the end, and now it becomes the end of time. It is done, he says. It's poured out. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings. There was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were on the earth. So that so many an earthquake and so great that the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came into remembrance before God to give unto her cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague thereof was exceeding great. Aerial warfare. <laughs> you know, maybe at that time if they call on the Lord, the Bible says there's going to be men when God is pouring out his wrath, they'll curse God to his face stuff. And there's men now when he's pouring out his love still in the day of grace, you, pour, you curse him still to his face. Who's saved? We're living in the time of the end. Soon, 
it will be the end of time. At Calvary, Jesus cried on the cross when he shed his precious blood for us. It is finished. Saved by sovereign grace, friend. But there will come a time when the cry comes out from the angel of heaven. It is done. And there's no more escape from the wrath of God. I trust you're saved. I trust you're watching and you're waiting. Your garments are without spot of this world. Walking before Christ. Loving him with all your heart. Christian, love him. He's worth it. He's worthy of it. In fact, he's worthy the more than you and I could ever give him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen.